Not gonna be funny, so... Hey, man. It's racist Bob Dylan. Oh, fuck me. Oh, come on. You don't want racist Bob Dylan in here? I don't want want real Bob Dylan's lawyers to come after us. That's what I don't want. They couldn't do... They wouldn't do that. You think that there's never been a caricature of of Bob Dylan? (laughs) It's it's very obviously transformative and comedy and satire. You know, I mean, what's he going to do anyway? He's going to die soon. (laughs) Shut up! No, he won't. He's a vampire himself. No. Yes, he's he not is. even. He's not even one of the good rock stars. <laughs> Let me suck the blood from your neck. He looks like. Have you seen a picture of him lately? Yeah, he looks like a fucking mummy. <laughs> oh Jesus! All right, we got a letter. Oh yay! Da 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 da. Addy's gonna read a letter. Addy's gonna, gonna read, read a letter. letter. Addy's gonna, gonna read, read a letter. letter. I wonder and who it's from. That's gonna get us sued. <laughs> we should do that. We could do that. It's still transformative. Is Jason it? doesn't understand copyright law. I don't care about copyright Ooh. law. It frightens me, and I hate. All righty. All right. So this is from another letter from la- from the same listener as last week. Uh, Muhammad, peace be upon him. Ah, Hello, good. Muhammad. Yeah. Peace be upon him. So I'd like to start by congratulating Atticus on his pronunciation. He almost nailed it. He struggled with the word for a bender. But I know people in Egypt that can't read either. They are illiterate. I understand. Oh. He put that in. He put that in into parentheses. Like they are illiterate. Like I did. I don't know. What does illiterate mean? I don't know what, what that it, means. What does it mean when you can't read? We can't read. <laughs> I've written millions of words, and yet for some reason, I don't know how to read. I'm like I'm like one of those chimps they put in front of the typewriter for uh, <laughs> for Family Guy. Oops. Well, anyways, oh. and yes, Jason can. Uh, and yes, Jason, my name can be Muhammad. After that, right? He he literally wrote. Now Atticus sneeze right there. <laughs> After that, I'd like to say to you two stupid Americans, the threat of public molestation is real, and there are tons of stories that I've heard. But I tell you what I've seen with my own two eyes. I was about 11, 12, 11 or 12 with my father in the bank, sitting on the bench waiting our turn. Because it's always crowded in the front of us. Uh, a father, I assume, and is what I want to say is four-year-old sitting on another bench. Uh-huh. Then a guy walked in, uh, walked, looked at the boy, touched the boy's penis, looked at the father and said it's what? too small. Wow. The father fucking chuckled and the guy walked away and, did no- and he did nothing. Christ almighty. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's really dark. It's like a, he, but he's talking about a thing that happens in public in Egypt. Some dudes just like walks up, grabs grabs your kid's junk, and they're like, "That's too small." Your four year year old's kid's junk. And then the dad's what do you want just on like, a yeah. four year old? Do you want a big old fat fat hog hanging off? That would look freakish and awful. Remember, you know that episode, the only episode I've ever seen of Curb Your Enthusiasm is the one where he's looking at his boss's son after he gets out of the pool and his, his, uh, his uh, swim trunks are all stuck to him. So they're all, they're all looking at the boy, but you don't know what they're looking at until they go, holy shit. And then all of a sudden he tells his boss, he's like, he's like your son, he has a really big penis, huh? <laughs> Thinking that somehow the guy's going to be like, yeah, he's got a honking big penis. But instead the guy's like, that's not, it's not cool that you're saying that to me at all. Yeah, is, you're not supposed to notice a man's penis. A, a boy's penis. <laughs> You're not supposed uh, to notice penises at all. We live in heterosexual land. 
Now that that's out of the way, the story part. I was torn between two stories, so I chose the longer one because I want a full episode, goddammit. Well, sorry, we read the letters at the beginning. That's right, and you need to write more if you want a whole episode. And this is the thing, we're reading books in the public domain. <laughs> this what? story goes back to 1952. Told you it's oh, long. Oh, Jesus. 1952. Dateline 1952. Where the were mainland. you then? then, then Stop, then. drop, and roll for a nuclear holocaust. Mm-hmm. Now that the, uh, the story goes back to 1952. It's the story of the Egyptian education system. In the year 1952, the glorious 52 revolution happened, where the free people of Egypt were chilling out in their home after a long, tiring day of working in the fields and factories when they heard an announcement from the radio that the king's palace was surrounded by the free soldiers, tanks, and that the kingdom of Egypt has fallen and the Republic of Egypt has has risen. It's definitely not a coup. Okay. But it sounds like a coup to me. <laughs> sounds like a coup to me, too. Mm. Politics aside, it's an integral point in shaping the current educational system, both directly and indirectly. Funnily enough, the indirect uh, factors were the ones with the most effect on me. The wages didn't change much after the revolution, so teachers had, had to find additional means to provide for their families. So they pretty much neglect the students in class, finish their day in, st- in school, get back home, then start teaching their students for free what they could, what they should have taught, taught them in class for free. So kids now have to go to attend full uh, full school day of nothing, then go around the city to attend classes in the places that their teachers choose, whether it's in their houses, a place they rented, or even a fucking garage with benches. Uh, and board without any kind of ventilation system. Oh, so it's like Ugh. it's here right now with the sweltering heat wave across the, the northeast. Now, oh, well, I mean, I feel your pain, but uh, not for long. I mean, it'll get cold again. But it was a dry heat. They yeah. had a dry heat. They don't have water over there, as I understand. They it. do. It's called the Nile. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure that's clean water, too. Well, it's cleanish. It's still life-sustaining. No. It's just not a river of shit and piss by the time it gets to Cairo. But I was always told that it was. Who told you that? Literally no one. I just watched okay. movies by Cecil B. DeMille, and I was like, oh, all right. That's what happened right there. No, I'm kidding. What? Obviously, I'm kidding. I get the feeling like when we made the joke about the show, this person believed what we were that we were actually so dumb. We thought some of the things that we said. Like I'm like, no, no, I, I don't, I don't think those things. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a pretend <laughs> idiot. <laughs> oh. uh, all right. So it ends up as a crowded sauna room with CO2 instead of vapor water. Anyhow, I have to describe my city. I won't mention its okay. name or where it's located on the map or even any of its special characteristics, so I'll call it Baca. It's small with very bumpy roads and surrounded by villages and towns. It has got the most essential of services, but if you need anything fancy, you got to go to the bigger city. Let's call it Medin. It'll be important in other stories. I went to okay. public schools, but I was close to going to Azhar School. Something like Catholic schools. When I was in primary school, and the other students only went to the school where one teacher will teach you all the classes and all the subjects. Math, science, Arabic, geography, and history. But not English, though. English has its own teacher. What? Well, Well, I'm surprised that English is being taught. Well, it is the international school uh, language of business, and I I do mean that. As I understand it, that's actually true. English is the language of business. I think Chinese is the language of business now. No, I I don't know. I don't don't know. (coughs) Well, who needs English, I mean? 
It's kind of a stupid. It's kind of a stupid language. It's like you the take op- that back it's like the push. opposite. <laughs> no, it's like the it's, it's opposite. Like the fucking, it's the opposite of newspeak. They just keep adding new words, and they're like, "Let's stick a as word." As we in there. take over more and more, con- yeah. <laughs> yeah just, as we absorb more and more cultures, we just keep adding to the to the, the dictionary. The word, is the word "butt cap" really a word? Yeah, it's a word. What does it mean? I don't know. <laughs> All right. I didn't go to an English teacher until I was in sixth grade, and he be- and he became my favorite teacher. I didn't need to go because my mom was an English teacher. She stopped working before I was born because my father said so. Don't you love that? Yeah, it's great. Stop working. Okay. I hated English in primary school in the first two years of middle, uh, middle school. Anyways, in middle school, students start to go to more than just two classes outside school. And then it gets okay. out of hand in high school, especially in senior year, where most students go to the more, more than one teacher in the same subject. I had two Arabic and chemistry teachers. And by the way, no one goes to school in the ninth grade or high school or senior year because there's no grades that teachers give these years. You only get evaluated on how well you do on your exams. That's actually kind of cool. I kind of like that. Yeah, I bet you do. This fact is so well known that the classrooms that are supposed to be for them go to the other students. So you'd be better off sending your children to private schools, as it won't be more expensive. Now public schools. All primary public schools are for boys and girls. Are for both boys and girls. Middle schools can be for either boys or girls, or both for lack of schools in the area. But there are no public high schools for both boys and girls. This isn't much of a story, but I feel it's important to give context for future stories. So I'll tell you a story when I'm pretty sure that I got molested. Jesus. Jesus. I was 18. I was walking to one of those class. Oh, he's just like, as a side note, I thought I would tell you about the schools. But now I'm going to tell you about this time that somebody gave me the slippy fist. <laughs> I'm pretty I've sh- never heard it called that. <laughs> I was 18. <laughs> Someone can't. I was 18 when I was walking off the roads in the classes alone. I'm carrying my cross bag with my books when some old man stopped me and asked me to read this piece of paper to him. Okay. I need to be able to drink in between. It's a very common request that I get from older people, so I didn't think anything of it. I took the piece of paper and I tried to read it with something like that. A, B, C, 16, that's a bunch of math. Uh Just with Arabic letters. So I didn't know what to read exactly, so I asked him, what does he want? He said this, pointing at the C column. And getting near me, I still had no idea what the hell this is. And then I felt the back of his hand pressing against my junk. Ah. I thought it was just an innocent accident, so I just took a step back while just saying that it's numbers. Then he said no to this, again pointing at nothing particular, and I looked around then realizing that the math is all off and feeling his finger on my junk. I moved sideways now, butting my hand in my pocket and covering my dick. I told him that the numbers don't add up. (sighs) And his answer was... And then burped at him and ran away. (laughs) I burped right into his nose. I made him sick for a week, the fucker. Well, just correct them. I'm very good with math, so that was easy That was easy street for me. But he was just trying to start small talk, and it's a very cloudy day. I ignored him, <laughs> but then he asked me where I was going and said to the cafe, and he tried saying something else, but I felt his hand again. So I said I can't correct the numbers, handed him the paper in the hand near my crotch, moving away, and, le- and he left in a hurry. He didn't follow yeah. me, thankfully. I should have shouted, fag, and I got thrown off and, and got him thrown off a roof, with the, but that's why I didn't. Oh, Jesus. Mm. So, this was I like living in the United States. (laughs) Boy, so do I. This was it, Uh, and there are no more molestation stories, hopefully. I love you guys, and I love your show, and thank you for reading it. Oh, you're welcome. 
All right, now. So now let's read a happy time fun story about a Dracula guy. Sure, why not? After that story? Yeah, why not? I feel like taking a shower. No, nah, that kind of thing Ready? happens all the time. No. Ready? <laughs> all right. Yeah. In three, two. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Let Me Finish Two Men, One Story, One Million Interruptions. I am Jason Harding. And I am Atticus Blake. What are you doing? It's, ter- it's terrible, wasn't it? What was it? Yeah. I don't even know what it was. Hold on a sec. This are will you- be my Dracula impression. Please don't. Hello. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Hibbert. <laughs> hey, everybody. No. What's going on? <laughs> I refuse. We will read anything else if you decide to do that. I'm going to gurk off into your mouth. <laughs> come, 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 come. <laughs> okay. He makes you feel all sticky. Did I say the opening already? I can't remember. My migraine is so bad. Did I you say kind, it? You kind of did. You kind of did. Why don't you turn off the anyway, lights on, in there? On this show, Atticus, because then I can't see anything. On this show, Atticus reads the story, and I interrupt him, and this time we're reading Dracula. Right? Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to kill you This the is going to literally be months of this. Hello. <laughs> Yo, I can't. Oh, please let me read this. <laughs> I will fuck you in the ass. <laughs> I will fuck you up. I will fuck you up. I will put my finger in your butthole. <laughs> no. <laughs> All I want is your wife. Remember, guys, we're still reading your stuff, so if you want something for us to read, please go to the Let Me Listen podcast website. Go to the contact page. Leave it for us there or let me know how you want to get it to me. Okay, Addy. All righty. You, am I reading the first page or are you? Because you've got it in your heart that you want to open the I, opener with a with an opening opener. I'll tell you what. You, send, you tend to conk out after about 30 minutes, so I'll pick up where you leave off. How about that? Okay. That Chapter work? one of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Jonathan Harker's Journal. 3 May, Beres, I don't know that fucking word, left Munich at 8.35 on 1st May, <laughs> arriving at Vienna early next morning. Should have arrived 6.46, but the train was an hour late. Budapest. It says Budapest. That's what it Budapest. says. Like, like, Mike Tynan, like Mike Tyson is reading it. It's spelled Budapest. Yeah, it's Budapest. Seems like a wonderful place from the glimpse of it for which I got from the train. And the little I could walk through the streets. I feared to go very far from the station, as we have arrived late and would start as near the correct time as possible. The impression I had was that we were leaving the west and entering the east. The most western of splendid bridges over the Danube, which is here over the noble width and depth, took us among the traditions of Turkish rule. We left in pretty good time, and came night to nightfall to Clausenburg, where I stopped for the night at a Hotel Royale. I had for dinner, or rather supper, a chicken soup. Well, which one was it? (laughs) You know what's weird? I always thought of dinner and supper as the same thing. But elderly people say that that dinner is supposed to be lunch. And I'm like, fuck you, lunch is lunch. Lunch is a perfectly fine word. Well, what happens to lunch? when Do they not have it? They have... Breakfast, no, breakfast, supper, lunch. and lunch? No, breakfast, lunch, and... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's what they're saying, is that it's breakfast, supper, and lunch. And I'm like, no. yeah, I'm like, it's it's supper time. And they're like, uh-uh, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, 
Has the world around you changed so much that you just can't stand that the word is lunch and no longer supper? Supper and dinner <laughs> are the same fucking thing. Let them have it. They're going to be dead, and then no one will call it that anymore. Yeah, it's it's that easy. There aren't still people that are going to replace them just equally as indignant, indignant, indignant and ridiculous. Yeah, but they'll be indignant about different things. That's true. You're going to be so indignant about so much fucking shit. I can't wait until you're that old. No, I won't. Yes, you will too. Absolutely not. You're already indignant about stuff now. Like what? You mean perfectly accepting of my daughter and who <laughs> she is in every moment of her life? No, Like, not I really that. don't like that insinuation. I'm telling you, I don't. It's what not true. What insinuation? No, what? I don't want to be one of those fucking shit turds that sits there and goes, Well, back in my day, we didn't have that shit. We've had this discussion before, Jason. It's inevitable. It's gonna happen. No. You'll find yourself thinking no. it. No, no, and I won't. You say can it. say that in your thirties. No. Even if I do, I won't say it. I will not. Okay, I will not. <laughs> I think, I think that the majority of the elderly people I take care of may be sweet and kind, but at the same time, they are fucking rude as hell, and they're mean to everybody that is get, gets to live and walk around on knees that aren't bone-on-bone bone scraping together. <laughs> like, I understand your pain, but don't don't mm-hmm. treat me like shit because I looked at my cell phone for a second. Bullshit. What, what do they do? Do they go, Rrr. So I'm just saying that there's going to be technology. We've had this whole discussion already. I know. I'm just saying there's going to be technology that you're not going to be familiar with at some point. No, I'm constantly on the up and up. Nope, nope, no. It has nothing (laughs) to do with remaining youthful. I will get old, Jason. I know. I'm not talking about you getting the inevitability of of decrepitude. But, That's not what I mean at all. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not like trying to be like, oh, look at me dancing with the young people. It's not going to be like that. It's going <laughs> to. Like you're you're thinking that I'm saying I'm never going to get old, but that's not it at all. I'm just not going to no, be a fucking old. No, I'm not saying that you're never going to get old. I'm just I'm not going to be an old dick that sits there and gets <laughs> upset about stupid shit. Okay. No, no, I've watched it. You don't understand. I have millions of hours of this shit playing in my head. Like I have all these examples, and I go, okay, I'm going to do the exact opposite of what you're doing right now. Where you want absolute attention, and you're literally shitting your pants, so I have to come in this room and talk to you. <laughs> I am not going to act that way. I'm going to be like, all right, so yeah, I, I need to go into the bathroom. I'm going to get up off my ass instead of being like, oh, I guess I'm going to be an old cramper and be upset with you when you go, <sighs> why are you huffing and puffing? No, I'm going to do the exact opposite. Okay. No, no, I'm opposite man. You you keep saying that like you don't believe it. What did I, I do? I will believe it so when, let me when prove, we're both dead. Let me dead. prove it right now. My brother, okay. my brother and my sister are how with pretty much everything. How are they? Are are they what? How are they with everything? I don't know. If it when it comes to me, how are they? Oh, they're combative. Exactly. So what did I do, and why is my life better? Mm. Because I did the exact opposite of everything that they do, Jason. Okay. I think I've pretty much proven that 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 that's what I do. For some reason, I go, oh, look at the way that they're eating and drinking and gaining weight. I'll do the exact opposite of that. Right. Yeah. No. Okay. Nope. Nope. I don't want to be a piece of shit to young people. Thank you for holding the door for me. That's the way I'm going to be. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now go off and have young sex or whatever you do. <laughs> the trick will be to not say that last part out loud. No, they'll probably find it funny. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. We left in oh okay. We left in pretty good time and came after nightfall in Klaus and wait, where am I? We're in supper and dinner. Where am I? 
I don't know. Uh, I had for dinner, or rather supper, a chicken done up some way with red pepper, which was very good but thirsty. Mim, great recipe for Mina. I asked the waiter, and he said it was called paprika hendel. That was the national dish. I should be able to get it in anywhere in the Carpathians. That's mountains, correct? Like literally, the mountains, yes. literally, you stand on the top of the mountain and go paprika candle handle, and they go like, hand, and it appears in it's your hand. It's a chain restaurant anywhere in the Carpathians. Just anywhere, just you. You could be trapped in an ice and in a fucking glacier, and you just say that, and you'll uh, find a Carpathians up there somewhere, and you, you recognize them by the red roof. <laughs> like, Let's go to Carpathians like for your birthday, honey. Like pizza. It's, yeah, it's like a Pizza Hut or Howard Johnson's. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Does Howard Johnson's even exist? Speaking, of I don't old, know if they're even in business anymore. I, yeah, you know what? The last Howard Johnson's I remember was the one directly before the Piscataqua Bridge off of 95 going into Maine. And I don't think it exists anymore. I'm pretty sure it was taken over by, like, Bob Evans or something like that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> or uh, what's that other one in Canada that seems to be creeping across the border with its ice skates and hockey sticks? I thought Bob Evans was... Uh... No, there's another one. There's another one. Uh, Tim Hortons. Is there? Tim oh, Hortons, Tim Hort- yes. That Tim Hortons is the one I'm thinking of. And they're like, eh? How are you? <laughs> we got good coffee and good breakfast sandwiches. And what Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I know it's terrible. Do you explain yourself or I'm going to start bringing out racist Bob Dylan. <laughs> no, it's just funny because you, you're so curmudgeonly already. <laughs> Yeah, but it's a joke. I know that. So am I. You're the one with the thinnest of skins tonight. No. You, Do you no, honestly you think seriously that I think... believe that when I get older, I'm going to be an angry piece of shit? No. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. When did you develop psychic powers, mister? Mm, why you how long have <laughs> How long have you known me? How long have you known me? Six years. Am I using my serious voice when I'm talking about this shit? A little bit. No, I'm not either. Yes, you are. No, I think, I think, honestly, I what I honestly believe is that you will take everything that you've, you've learned and apply it to you being old. Because I know, I, I know think. how to get old. Hmm? <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> I'm going to show you all. I'm the, person, I'm the person who figured it out. I'm like, okay. No, I know my body's <laughs> going to start falling apart. Now, excuse me. I'm having a stroke. I know it's going to hurt no matter what I do. So I might as well take that pain and turn it into something funny. <laughs> I'll, I'll walk up to children in, in the middle of grocery stores and be like, you want to hear something cool? And they'll be like, get away from me. And I'll be like, listen to my bones scraping mm-hmm. together. <laughs> now, let me, let, me ask you, let me ask you a question. Do you think that the people that you meet in the home are different from people who have the ability to be taken care of in their own homes by private care. Uh, that their attitudes. No, are though, that that is the people that I take care of because I work on the oh, re- okay. I work on the rehabilitation side. Okay. So they're they're not only opinionative and they are not only opinionative. They are that op- <laughs> hmm. opinionated, but they are also mostly rude. So you, what you get is you generally get things <laughs> that people that fall on two lines. There are people who are there, don't want to be there, are polite, mm-hmm. and they want very much to go through rehab and go home. That is what right. they want. So they will be as polite as possible. They will say their please and thank yous. They'll do whatever they can to make sure that the work that you do, that I have to do for them, is about as minimal as possible. 
And then okay. there are these other people who want very much to stay there and be taken care of the rest of their life. Not okay. shitting. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. And then there's a small percentage of people who don't want to be there but don't know how to admit to themselves that they need to be there permanently. Okay. So, but that those two usually falls on those other two lines. So the, peop- the people that, that want to be there usually are trying very hard to prove that they need to be there. They're not getting okay. out of bed. They're not, they're not doing their, re- their rehab. They're not even trying to go home. Mm. And then when their family comes in, they're like, they're like, oh, I don't know what's wrong. I, you, you know, you guys, it's almost like you want me to stay here, trying to make it look like it's the family members who are forcing them to stay there. Mm. When in fact, yeah, so they can blame anyone but themselves. Mm. Like when I meet them, they're perfectly capable of standing up and walking around. And then all mm. of a sudden, they can't do that anymore. And they start urinating in the bed. And then their family members come in and go, oh, they're on the decline. Guess they should be staying here. And then they're like, see, see, I knew you were trying to push me into staying here. When really it's <laughs> what they want to do is blame anyone but themselves for the circumstances that they are putting themselves in deliberately. Right. You know, well, anyways, mm-hmm. anyways, don't be like that. So don't in, be in, don't be bastard people when you get old people. When in the Carpathians get paprika handle. <laughs> I found my smattering of German very useful here. Indeed, I don't know how I should be able to get on without it. Having uh, had some time at my disposal when in London, I had visited the Brid- British Museum and made search among the books and maps in the library regarding Transvol- Transylvania. It had struck me with that some foreknowledge of the country could hardly fail to have some importance in dealing with a noble man of that country. I find that the mm. district he named in the extreme east of the country, just on the borderless, uh, the borders of three states, Transylvania, uh, Moldavia, and Buknovia, Bukon, Bukovina, mm. in the midst of the Carpathian Mountains, Paprika Handel, is one, of the, <laughs> is one of the wildest and least known portions of Europe. It was not able to light on any map or work on the exact locality of Castle Dracula, as there are no maps of this country and as yet to compare with our own ordnance survey maps. But I found that in Be- uh, uh, Bist... You have it what? in front of you, too, and you're not helping me with these words. You're my, <laughs> you're my friend, uh, Bist- what? Bistritz. Actually, I, I got rid of it. Let me pull it back okay. up again. That's how confident I was in your ability to read it. I, I am, Jason, you know what's amazing? I find that the more I write, the less I'm able to read. The post town named by Count Dracula is is a fairly well-known place. I shall enter here some of my notes, as they may refresh my memory when I talk over my, my travels with Mina. In the population of Transylvania, there are four distinct nationalities. Saxons of the South, and mixed with them the Wallachs, who are the descendants of the Dakians, the Magars in the west, and the Slezukalagis in the east <laughs> the and north. I'm going among the latter, who claim to be from Attila and the Huns. This may be... Wait, aren't we all related to Attila the Hun? No, no, I'm sorry. No, what, what's his name? That's uh, Genghis Khan. King, but yeah, okay. Uh, this may be also that the, when the Magars conquered the country in the 11th century, they found the Huns settled in it. I read that every known superstition in the world is gathered into the horseshoe of the Carpathians. Get paprika handle here! Paprika handle! If it were the center of some sort of imaginative whirlpool, uh, if so, my stay may be very interesting. Mem, I must ask the Count about all of them. I want to read now. I want to read. Can I read? You may. All right. I did not sleep well, though my bed was comfortable enough, for I had all sorts of queer dreams. 
Very queer. The catchphrase Evie. Hello. Hello. Paprika handle. It felt like someone kept putting their penis on the tip of my forehead. I don't understand. There was a dog howling all night under my window, which may have had something to do with it, or it may have been the paprika, for I had to drink up all the water in my carafe and was still thirsty. <laughs> Our plan succeeded. <laughs> I'm very thirsty for queer dreams. Towards morning, I slept and was awakened by the continuous knocking at my door, so I guess I must have been sleeping soundly then. I had for breakfast more paprika and a sort of porridge of maize flour, which they said was mamaliga, and our eggplant stuffed with force meat. A very excellent dish, which they called impletata. They think it really, though. <laughs> Ma'am. Get recipe for this also. I had to hurry breakfast, for the train started a little before 8, or rather, it ought to have done so, for after rushing to the station at 7.30, I had to sit in the carriage for more than an hour before we began to move. It seemed to me that the further east you go to go, the more unpunctual are the trains. What ought they be? What ought they to be in China? Not trains. Yeah. They don't have trains Not. there. They have rickshaw people that could cart you around. <laughs> All day long, we seemed to dawdle through a country which was full of beauty of every kind. Sometimes we saw little towns or castles on the top of steep hills, such as we see in old missiles. Sometimes we ran by rivers and streams, which seemed from the wide stony margin on each side of them to be subject to great floods. It takes a lot of water and running strong to, s to sweep the outside edge of a river clear. At every station, there were groups <laughs> of people, gazuntite, sometimes crowds, all sneezing. <laughs> The paprika here is so strong. <laughs> Fucking help me. My face, my eyes are bulging out of my head. <laughs> and in all sorts of attire. Some of them were just like the peasants at home or those I saw coming through France or Say Germany. Say, man, with, can I have a dollar? <laughs> <laughs> with short jackets and round hats and homemade trousers. But others were very picturesque. The women looked pretty, except when you got near them. But they, were, <laughs> they had butter <laughs> faces. That's what he's saying. But they were very clumsy about the waist. They had... How are you clumsy? Wait, wait, wait. How are you clumsy about the waist? Are you not... You know how you like, are. You, don't, you, you don't look like an hourglass. <laughs> you, you, look like, you look like a piece of Play-Doh that's been squished between someone's knuckles. Like I you, guess. I don't know. You have like four, four hips. <laughs> it's an interesting word. It's interesting wordplay. They all had full white sleeves of some kind or another, and most of them had big belts with a lot of strips of something fluttering from them, like dresses in a ballet. But of course, there were petticoats under them. The strangest figures we saw were the Slovaks, who were more barbarian than the rest, with their big cowboy hats, great baggy dirty white trousers, white linen shirts, and enormous heavy leather belts, nearly a foot wide, all studded over with brass nails. That guy they wore high be fucking heavy. <laughs> when you he you'll hear me coming, because I'm going to be like this. Clinkity, 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 clink. More queer dreams for me. <laughs> Don't forget the paprika. <laughs> <laughs> they wore high boots with their trousers tucked into them and had long black hair and heavy black mustaches. They are very picturesque, but do not look prepossessing. On the stage, they would be set down at once as some old oriental band of brigands. They are, I, however, I am told, very harmless and rather wanting in natural self-assertion. It was, it the, was dark on the Oh, I thought you were stopping. Go ahead. I want. I like doing this. It was on the dark side of twilight when we got to bis bis bisquick. See, I just just say bisquick in place. Bis bisquick. It's a powdery a very... substance. They seem to have. <laughs> 
have with with powdered they eggs make everything and powdered out of flour biscuits, and rolls, semen and pizza dough. <laughs> And they make and they make the most wonderful biscuits and pancakes, depending on how much water you put in it. Mm-hmm. Which is a very interesting old place, being particularly on the frontier. For the Borgo Pass leads it from Bukovina. It has had a very stormy existence, and it certainly shows marks of it. Fifty years ago, a series of great fires took place, which made terrible havoc on five separate occasions. At the very beginning of the 17th century, it underwent a siege of three weeks and lost 13,000 people, the casualties of war proper being assisted by famine and disease. <laughs> Count Dracula had directed me to the Golden Crone Hotel. Well, that sounds like a lovely place to stay. Mm-hmm. The Golden I'm, Crone! I'm stay here, you fucking son of a bitch. Just get inside. It might, it might be Krona. It might be Golden Krona because the Krona. I don't care. I run this place, <laughs> and it's called the Golden Crone. Actually, Which f- you know who runs? Yeah. You know who runs it? Hey, oh. everybody! What's going on? Oh. <laughs> Your name's John Hacker. We haven't anybody stay here in quite a long time. Come inside. That's just my golden dick dragging behind me. Cook on, cook on, cook on, cook on, cook on. <sighs> to be, th- I found to my great delight to be thoroughly old-fashioned, for, of course, I wanted to see all I could of the ways of the country. I was evidently expected, for when I got near the door, I faced a cheery-looking elderly woman in the usual peasant dress, white undergarment with long double apron front and back. Who was clumsy Colored- about the waist. <laughs> yes, clumsy about the waist. They were mutants, of- that's what it was. <laughs> of colored stuff help fitting me, almost to... God, Jesus, <laughs> help me, Jesus <laughs> Christ, my spine is so twisted, it's like numerous question marks. Hi, can I have sex with you? Almost too tight for modesty. When I claimed, came close, she bowed and said, The hair, the hair Englishman? Englishman? Yes, I said. Jonathan Harker. She smiled and gave some message to an elderly man in white shirt sleeves who had followed her to the door. He went, but immediately turned with a letter. My friend, welcome to the Carpathian. No, this is supposed to be Dracula. Don't read Dracula like that. (laughs) My friend, welcome to the Carpathian. No, I refuse. I will not do this. Why not? All right, hold on. My friend... No, come on. It needs to be Manny DeRusso. Come on. No. You're all we dramatic. have to do this, this whole is, you know book. This, huh? We could have do this whole book with Manny DeRusso as Dracula. <laughs> ah, my friend. Welcome to the Carpathians. I am anxiously expecting you. Sleep well tonight. At three tomorrow, the diligence will start for Bukanovia. A place on it is kept for you. At the Borgo Pass, my carriage will await you and bring you to me. I trust that your journey from London has become <laughs> turned into a Spanish guy. Uh, no, you're has been great, a happy actually. one, and that you will enjoy your stay in my beautiful land. You, your friend, Dracula. For me, I found that my landlord had got a letter from the Count directing him to secure the best place on the coach for me. But on making inquiries as to the details, he seemed somewhat reticent and pretended that he could not understand my German. This could not be true, because up to then he had understood it perfectly. At least, he answered my questions exactly exactly as if he did. He and his wife, the old lady who had received me, looked at each other in a frightened sort of way. He mumbled out that the money had been sent in a letter, and that was all he knew 
When I asked him if he knew Count Dracula, he could tell me he could tell me anything of his castle. Both he and his wife crossed themselves and saying that they knew nothing at all, simply refused to speak further. It was so near to the time of starting that I had no time to ask anything else, for it was all very mysterious and not by any means comforting. Just before I was leaving, the old lady came up to my room and said in a very hysterical way, You must go, oh young hare, you must go! She was in such an excited state that she seemed to have lost her grip on what German she knew, and mixed it all up with some other language which I did not know at all. <laughs> I, was just, <laughs> I was just about to follow her by asking many questions when I told her that I must go at once and that I was engaged on important business. She asked again. Do you know what day it is? I answered that it was the 4th of May. She shook her head as she said again. Oh yes, I know that, I know that, but do you know what day it is? On my saying that I did not understand, she went on. This is the eve of St. George's Day. Do you not know that tonight, when the clock strikes midnight, all evil things in the world will have full sway? Do you know where you are going and what you are going to? She was in such an evident distress that I tried to comfort her, but without effect. Finally, she went down on her knees and implored me not to go. She pulled out my cock and vigorously began to suck it. (laughs) I did not know how to react to this, for I had been fantasizing about men the entire time. I have lubricated my throat with many Vaseline (laughs) sandwiches. It is time for me (laughs) to have some young cock. It was all very ridiculous, but I did not feel comfortable. However, there was business to be done, and I could not allow nothing to interfere with it. I therefore tried to raise her up, and she said as gravely as I could that I thanked her, but my duty was imperative, and that I must go... She then rose and dried her eyes, and taking a crucifix oh, from her hand, drying. offered it to crucifix. me. <laughs> I did not know what to do, for as an English churchman, I have been taught to regard such things as in some measure of idolatrous, and yet it seems so ungracious to refuse an old lady meaning so well and in such a state of mind. She saw, I suppose, the doubt in my face, for she put the rosary around my neck and said, For your mother's sake! and went out of the room. I'm writing up this part of the diary whilst I'm still waiting for the coach, (laughs) which is, of course, late, and the crucifix is still around my neck. Whether it is the old lady's fear or the many ghostly traditions of this place or the crucifix itself, I do not know, but I am not feeling nearly as easy in mind as usual. If this book should ever reach Mina before I do, let it bring my goodbye. Oh, here comes my coach. Five, May, the castle. The grey of the morning has just passed, and the sun is high over the distant horizon, which seems jagged. Whether with trees or with hills, I do not know, for it is so far off that big things and little are mixed. I am not sleepy. It's like a fucking Monet. Jesus. And and as I am not to be called till I wake, naturally I write till sleep comes. There are many odd things to put down, and at least... And at last who reads may fancy that I dined too well before I left Bisquick. Let me put down my dinner exactly. I dined on what they called robber steak. Bits of bacon, onion, I've come and beef, to steal it. Yes. <laughs> made out of robbers, seasoned with red peppers, and strung on sticks and roasted over the fire. In the simple style of the London's cat's meat. Ew. The wine was... Is that yeah, really... Well, they, they, were they actually eating cats, though? No, 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 no. They called it cat's meat because it was meat fit for a cat. Oh. 
Well, that sounds good. The wine. You ever eaten cat food? No. Have you Have ever you? eaten dog food? No. Have you? I've eaten a can of dog food. I think I said this on the the cast. I think you may a have. Friend but of I mine think bet I me that I couldn't eat. A, a friend of mine bet me that I couldn't eat a can of dog food. They bet me twenty bucks, so I ate the whole can of do- which tasted kind of bland. It had like mm-hmm. it had like rice and beans in it, as well as hunks of meat of squishy meat. Yeah. And they said you have to keep you have to keep it down for at least an hour, meaning that I would have to digest some of it before trying to vomit it up. And yeah. I I ate it, and then an hour later I puked it all up, and I was like, "Where's my twenty bucks?" And they were like, "Nah, <laughs> you were a minute short." Oh, those they sons never fucking pages. Oh. Well, anyways, it was terrible. Uh, that so I'm guessing that's what cat meat was. The wine was golden mateish, which produces a queer sting on the tongue, which is, however, not disagreeable. I had only a couple of glasses of this and nothing else. When I got to the coach, the driver had not taken his seat, and I saw him talking with the landlady. They were evidently talking of me, for every now and again they looked at me, and some of the people who were sitting on the bench Why outside Why does the everyone door, in which... this town sound exactly the same? Hello, look at that man over there. He's very <laughs> handsome. I, my slimy throat is ready to eat his fucking uh, cock. Which they call by a name meaning word bearer, came and listened, and then looked at me. Most of them pityingly. I could not hear a lot of words often repeated, queer words, for there were many nationalities in the crowd, so I quietly got my slimy, slimy language. from my bag slimy, slimy. <laughs> and looked them out. I must say that they were not cheering to me, for amongst them were Ordog, Satan, Pokal, Hell, Sorokia, Witch, Vrorlock, and Volkstak, Volslak, both of which mean the same thing, one being Slovak and the other Servian. For something that is either werewolf or vampire. Memoir. I must ask the Count about these superstitions. Oh, this is it's a fucking, nothing. This is a really good book. Yeah, it is. I know. Th- this is, but I like what we're doing. A... You you just keep reading and I'll do all the voices. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to whip out some people that you haven't heard in for... <laughs> Hold on a second. Remember me? <laughs> when we started, the crowd around the inn door which had by this time swelled to considerable size, all made the sign of the cross and pointed two fingers towards me. With some difficulty, I got a fellow passenger to tell me what they meant. He would not answer at first, but... It means you're learning that I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was English, he explained that it was a charm or guard against the evil eye. This was not very pleasant for me, for just starting for an unknown place to meet an unknown man, but everyone seemed so kind-hearted and so sorrowful and so sympathetic that I could not but be touched. I shall never forget the last glimpse. It actually just means that you're fucked. Of the inn-yard and its crowd of picturesque figures all crossing themselves as they stood round the wide archway with... Is there a Dunkin' Donuts anywhere in the Carpathians? (laughs) Probably (laughs) now. Oh, don't say that. I bet you anything is a Dunkin' Donuts or at least a McDonald's. There's got to be at least a McDonald's. There's probably a McDonald's. At the base of one of the mountains, they're like, oh, God. In green tubs clustered in the center of the yard, when our driver, whose wide linen drawers covered the whole front of the box each, Gotzer, they called them, cracked his big whip over his four small horses which ran abreast, we set off on our journey. I soon lost sight and recollection of ghostly fears and the beauty of the scene which, as we drove along, although I had known the language, or rather languages, which my fellow passengers were speaking, I might not have been able now to... Now this dialect I understood. <laughs> 
Before us lay a green sloping land full of forests and woods, with here and there steep hills crowned with clumps of trees or with farmhouses, the black gable end to the road. There was everywhere a bewildering mass of fruit blossom, apple, plum, cherry. Was it called testicle berries? <laughs> testicle berry, which bloomed. If you <laughs> you gotta boil them. You don't want to eat what's inside. Would you like to try my testicle berry pie? <laughs> oh my god! I completely forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> and as we drove by, I could see the green grass under the trees, spangled with the fallen petals. In and among in and amongst these green hills of what they call here the middle land, ran the road, losing itself as it swept round the grassy curve, or was shut out by the strangling ends of pine woods, which were here and there ran down the hillsides like tongues of flame. The road was rugged. I'm leaving <laughs> still, flames as I go, see? <laughs> we still seemed to fly over it with feverish haste. I could not understand then what the haste meant, but the driver was evidently bent on losing no time in reaching reaching Borgo. You gotta get there fucking fast, or you'll die. I was told that this road is in summertime excellent, but that it had not yet been put in order after the winter snows. In this respect, it is different from the general run of roads in the Carpathians, for it is an old tradition that they Paprika are not Heindel, to be in good order. Of old, the hospitals would not repair them, lest the Turk which should think that they were preparing to bring in foreign troops, so and so hasten the war, which was always really at loading point. Beyond, beyond the green, swelling hills of the middle land rose mighty slopes of forests up the lofty steps of the Carpathians themselves. Paprika right and left of us, they towered, <laughs> with the afternoon sun falling upon them and bringing out all the glorious colors of this beautiful range, deep blue and purple in the shadows of the peaks, green and brown where grass and rock mingled, and an endless perspective of jagged rock and pointed crags, till these were themselves lost in the distance where the snowy peaks rose gradually. Here and there seemed mighty rifts in the mountains, through which... As the sun began to sink, we saw now and again the white gleam of falling water. One of my companions touched my arm as we swept around the base of a hill and opened up the lofty, snow-covered peaks of a mountain, which seemed, as we wound on our serpentine way, to be right before us. Look! It's in sick! God's seat! And he crossed himself reverently. Crossing myself, crossing myself, because Jesus <laughs> will stop shit from happening. It doesn't work. You're still gonna get eaten. <laughs> As we round, wound our endless way, and the sun sank lower and lower behind us, the shadows of the evening began to creep around us. This was emphasized I'm by creeping the creeping around the you. As <laughs> the snowy mountaintop still held the sunset and seemed to glow out with a delicate cool pink. Here and there we passed Czechs and Slovaks, all in picturesque attire, but I noticed that Goiter was painfully, goiter was painfully prevalent. By the roadside were many crosses. Would you like some iodine? And so we swept by. My companions all crossed themselves. Here and there was a peasant man or woman kneeling before me. a shrine, who did not even turn around as we approached, but seemed in the self-surrender of devotion to have neither eyes nor ears for the outer world. There were many things new to me. For, in for instance, hayricks in the trees, and here and there are very beautiful masses of weeping birch, their white stems shining like silver through the delicate green of the leaves. Now and then, now and again, we passed a lighter wagon, the ordinary peasant's cart with its long, oh god, -like piling car. shit again, <laughs> piling shit again, piling shit outside the castle, piling shit. Are you going to turn this into a musical? Why not? <laughs> I'm just here to make commentary. 
calculated to suit the inequalities of the road. On this were sure to be seated quite a group of homecoming peasants, the Czechs with their white and, and the Slovaks with their colored sheepskins, the latter carrying a lance fashion, their long staves with axe at end. Axe at end. As the evening fell, it began to get very cold, and the growing twilight seemed to merge with the one dark mistress... I'm sorry, mistiness, the gloom of the trees, oak beach... The moistness... <laughs> Though in the valleys, which ran Is it deep creamy between, too. <laughs> <laughs> hills. As we ascended through the pass, the dark firs stood out here and there against the background of late lying snow. Sometimes, as the road was cut through pine woods that seemed in the darkness to be closing down upon us, great masses of grayness, which were here and there bestrewed, bestrewed the trees, produced a peculiar, weird, and solemn effect, which carried on the thoughts and grim fancies engendered earlier in the evening, when the falling sunset threw into strange relief the ghost-like clouds which amongst the Carpathians seemed to wind ceaselessly through the valleys. Sometimes the hills would go so steep that despite our driver's haste, the horses could only go slowly. I wished to get down and walk up to them as if, as we do at home, but the driver would not hear of it. No, no, he said. You must not walk here. The dogs are too fierce. And then he added, with what he evidently meant for grim pleasantry, for he looked round to catch the approving smile of the rest. And you may have enough of such matters before you go to sleep. <laughs> Hold on, I just turned him into a... De and you may have enough of such matters before you go to sleep. The only stop he would make was a moment's pause to light his lamps. When it grew dark, there seemed to be some excitement amongst the passengers as they kept speaking to him, one after the other, as though urging him to further speed. He lashed the horses unmercifully and, and with, with his long whip, and with wild cries of encouragement, urged them on to further exertions. Then, through the darkness, I could see a sort of patch of... This is why horses trample people. You understand And that. that's why we eat them. <laughs> horses are not friends. Just fucking eat them. <laughs> As though they were a cleft in the hills, the excitement of the passengers grew greater. The crazy coach rocked on its great leathery springs and swayed like a boat tossed on a stormy sea. I had to, had to hold on. The road grew more level, and we appeared to fly along. Then the mountains seemed to come nearer to us, each each side, and to frown down upon us. We were entering the Borgo Pass. One by one, several of the passengers offered me gifts, which they pressed upon me with an earnestness which would take no denial. These were certainly of an odd and varied kind, but each was given in a simple good faith with a kindly word and a blessing, and that strange mixture of fear, of fear-meaning movements, which I had seen outside the hotel at the Crossing at this myself, and I'm crossing you. Please take this dildo. It pretty <laughs> Take to my grandmother. I too big. I have butt plug sized one. <laughs> uh, it was evident that something very exciting was either happening or expected. But though I asked each passenger, no one would give me the slightest explanation. This state of excitement kept on for some little time, and at last we and at last we saw before us the pass opening out on the eastern side. There were dark, rolling clouds overhead, and in the air the heavy, oppressive sense of thunder. <laughs> It's, it seemed as though the mountain raged. There was a man there making wind sounds and going... <laughs> he stood on the side of the road. <laughs> you hear me, you fucking idiots? Thunder, thunder. Thunder, thunder. 
It seemed as though the mountain range had separated had separated two atmospheres, and that now we got into the thunderous one. I was now myself looking out for the conveyance which was to take me to the Count. Each moment I expected to see the glare of lamps through through the blackness, but all was dark. Darkness. The only light was the flickering rays of our own lamps, in which the steam from our hard-driven horses rose in a white cloud. We could see now the sandy road lying white before us, but there oh, was on it no sign of a vehicle. The passengers drew back with a sigh of gladness, which seemed to mock my own disappointment. I was already thinking that well, what I had best do when the driver, looking at his watch, said to the others something which I could hardly hear. It was spoken so quietly and so low a tone. I thought it was... An hour less than the time. Then, turning to me, he said in German, worse than my own... There is no carriage here. <laughs> I keep forgetting, and then I'm like, wait, do it like the Count? Is that how <laughs> I should do it? Wait. No. There is you, no is carriage here. <laughs> Which voice? Hold on. The hare is not expected after all. He will now come to Bukovnia and return tomorrow or the next day. Better the next day. Whilst he was speaking, the horses began to neigh and snort and plunge wildly, so that the driver had to hold them up. Then, amongst a chorus of screams from the peasants and a universal crossing of themselves, a calache with four horses drove up behind us, overtook us, and drew up beside the coach. I could see from the flash of our lamps, as the rays fell on them, that the horses were coal-black and splendid animals. They were driven by a tall man with a long brown beard and a great black hat, which seemed to hide his face from us. I could only see the gleam of a pair of very bright eyes, which seemed red in the lamplight. As he turned to us, he said to the driver, You are early tonight, my friend. The man stammered in reply, The English hare was in a hurry. To which the stranger replied, That is why, I suppose, you wished him to go on Bukovnia. You cannot deceive me, my friend. I know too much, and my horses are swift. As he spoke, he smiled, and the lamplight fell on a hard-looking mouth, with very red lips and sharp-looking teeth, as white as ivory. One of my companions whispered to the other the line from Burger's Lenore. Tend I totten, waiten schnell, for the dead travel the fast. The strange driver evidently heard the words, for he looked up with a gleaming smile. The passenger turned his face away at the same time, putting out his two fingers and crossing himself. Give me the hare's luggage. Oh, no, it's the other guy. I'm sorry. Give me the hare's luggage. <laughs> said the driver, and with exceedingly alacrity, al 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 my bags were handed out and put into the caliche. Then I descended from the side of the coach as the caliche was closed alongside the driver, helping me with a hand which caught my arm in a grip of steel. His strength must have been... I'm crushing you. I'm crushing you. <laughs> Without a word, he shook his reins. The horses turned, and we swept into darkness of the pass. As I looked back, I saw the steam from the horses of the coach by the light of the, of the lamps, and projected against it the figures of my late companions crossing themselves. Then the driver cracked his whip and called his horses, and off they swept. God, I'm so glad that guy's gone. As they sank into the darkness, I felt a strange chill, and a lonely feeling came over me. But a cloak was thrown over my shoulders, and a rug across my knees. And the driver said, in excellent German... Uh, the night is chill. <laughs> the night is chill, mein Herr. Ah, my... How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> the night is chill, mein Herr. My master, the Count Blade, bade me to take all, uh, take all care of you. There is a flask of Silovitz, the plum brandy of the country, underneath the seat, if you should require it. I don't, I gotta figure this out. Like, I don't, I don't know how to, I, are they German or are they... 
Because it's it's supposed can, to be that Transylvania would be speaking a Slavic language, but it's German, a Slavic. He's Transylvania, yeah. But everyone speaks German because there have been so many goddamn wars. All right, so the night is chill, mein Herr. My master, the count, bade me to take care of you. There is a flask of Silovitz, the plum brandy of my country, underneath the seat, if you should require it. I did not take any, but it was a comfort to know it was there all the same. I felt a little strangely, and not a little frightened. I think, had there been any alternative, I would have taken it, instead of prosecuting that unknown night journey. The carriage went at a hard pace straight along. Then, whoop, then we made a complete turn and went along another straight road. It seemed to me that we were simply going over and over the same ground again, and so I took note of some salient point and found that this was so. I would have liked to have asked the driver what this was all meant, but I really feared to do so, for I thought that, placed as I was, any protest would have no effect in case there had been any in, in case there had been an intention to delay. By and by, however, as I was curious to know how time was passing, I struck a match and by its flame looked at my watch. It was within a few minutes of midnight. This gave me a sort of shock, for I suppose the general superstition about midnight was increased oh, by my recent experience. Oh, the clock strikes midnight and then Dracula comes out and says, Hey! I awaited with a sick feeling of suspense. I'm gonna come gurk off on your face! Ah! <laughs> and we're gonna stop there! Wait, where are we at? <laughs> we had an hour? Oh my god. Yeah. We're at, we are at a way at an hour. We read a lot. You read a lot. We read a lot. And we should have well, you just read the whole book. That It's a pleasure to read. It's it's well, very well written. Yes, it is. And it's a, it's a pleasure to list. I think I just accidentally took a picture of myself. You did, and you sent it to me. That's stupid. <laughs> All right, well... Okay, that's it. Welcome to the first part of Dracula. I hope you liked it. Yeah. I think I'm going to bring back all my zany characters now. (laughs) Should you need us? Yeah, should you need us? Oh, God, everyone from Labyrinth. I think I'm going to make an appearance, too. Oh, okay. For let me finish. This has been ra- racist, Bob Dylan, man. And I didn't even get to say my name, but fuck it. <laughs> this has been Jeff taking over the show. And then no, you're not. And this has been Jason Hardy. Oh my God! It's Manny Deruso. Come back from no. the grave. Ready to whip oh my dick God. out and jerk off onto your face. I changed my mind. <laughs> Ah, then this has been Atticus Blake. Ah, Bye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. The Lemmy Finish podcast is a Lemmy Listen podcast production with Atticus Blake and Jason Harding, with music by Kevin McLeod, produced by Jason Harding. You can find more Let Me Listen podcasts at our website at www.letmelistenpodcasts.com. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, and iTunes. Please like and leave a review. And thank you for listening.